Welcome to the Arizona Daily Star's Opinion Page Podcast. The point being, we are here today with candidates for Tucson City Council Ward 1. We have uh, both candidates here from Republican Democrats, Lane Santa Cruz and Sam Nagy. Did I pronounce that right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So uh, I am Sarah Garrett Gasson, the Opinion Page Editor, and we're just going to go around the room and uh, introduce ourselves, and then we'll get to some questions. I'm Joe Ferguson. I am the Star's political reporter. I'm Edward Salaya. I'm the Star's opinion writer. And I'm Arizona Daily Star editor Jill Jordan-Spitz. So we're going to uh, just kind of some rules of the road. We are uh, planning to use this as a podcast to share with with, uh, listeners and readers. So everything we say is on the record. Um, And if you have any questions, Questions about questions we have or uh, clarification, something you want to to bring up, that's great. We just want to make sure that we have a conversation and help uh, voters get as much information about their choice as possible. So, uh, Lane, why don't we start with you, if you'd introduce yourself, and then just give us about a minute or so about why you are running for Ward 1 City Council. Hello, my name is Lane Santa Cruz. I am the Democratic candidate for the Ward 1 Council seat. And I never saw myself running for office, um, but I am uh, born and raised here in Tucson. And I remember growing up and learning about uh, our democratic process at the federal level, but never really um, about the local decision makers that we have here at home. And it took me uh, working at the council office as an aide in my early 20s that um, that whole world was opened up for me and how important it is that we have a representation um, that has the lived experiences of Tucsonians here um, and uh, making sure that we're working with the county and the state, you know, so that we are bringing um, the investment that is needed, especially in the south side and the west side of Tucson, which is the area that I'm running to represent and where I grew up and um, making sure that we are engaging folks in the political process here in Tucson. And that was some of the reasons why I decided to run for office. Thank you. And uh, Sam, why don't you uh, share with us why are you running and a little bit about yourself. Hey guys, Uh, yes, my name is Sam Nagy. I am here for a reason today. I am uh, running as the Ward 1 Republican candidate for uh, here in the city of Tucson. And for me, it really started uh, along with what Lane was saying uh, to many degrees because I was born here, TMC, grew up, went to FI High School, went to FI Middle School, went to Prince Elementary. Um, but I lived in different places when I was really young, but established my mostly my life in, uh, in Ward 1 west of Troy High School. And uh, <clears throat> I continue to really, truly understand that uh, sometimes things go well, sometimes things don't go well. But in the city government, um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that are working at one point in time. And for me, I thought, well, if I can get in there and try to make a difference and do what I can to make uh, that difference for my community, uh, west of the freeway, right, then why not give it a try? It's a, it's a free country, and, and so I'm, I'm thankful for that. And uh, that's why I'm here today. Great. Thank you very much. So uh, what is a challenge specific to your ward? Just a bit of background in case our listeners aren't familiar with this. In the primary, 
candidates run ward only, right? But in the general election, everyone in the city votes on the different wards. So people uh, in Ward 1 will obviously be voting for you, um, but so will people in other parts of the city. What is something that uh, you think is a challenge in your specific ward that might be a bit different or show up differently in the rest of the city? Sam, would you like to start? Yeah, for sure. I, I, I really feel like we do have such a large diversity of people, a culture that is very uh, unique to the city of Tucson. And I think bringing that together is sometimes a challenge is, is what I've seen. It's not so easy to to kind of mix one side or the other, you know, and really bring together the, the people that live there. And one of the things I think is challenging is, is the fact that it's, it's hard to establish that between um, different neighborhoods and different groups. And there's sometimes that, that, dis, that disconnect, if you will. And I think for me, that's really what I would like to do is continue to, to think outside the box um, and, and bring people together in a very community-oriented way. Lane. What I love about the West Side is that it's known as like the birthplace, right, of Tucson. Um, you have uh, this uh, amazing, rich history with the Tejano Atom um, and our Mexican, indigenous, and um, European, you know, settlers here in this area. And that we don't, like, yeah, we don't highlight that enough. Um, so I think that that's, it's important to, to remember that that's a little bit about what makes us distinct than, you know, the other parts of the city. Um, but we have, I sometimes think about the freeway as like a physical and symbolic barrier when it comes to like investment and infrastructure and seeing us as like part of the city and, and making sure that we have safe connections um, to the rest of the city. Um, and that's something that I see as, as a barrier um, that I want to, to work on and make sure that we're we're not being forgotten um, when it comes to investment and planning. When you say safe investment, can you are you talking about like roads? What are you talking? About? I'm talking about roads, and I'm talking about um, like neighborhood plans and making sure that um, residents feel like they're they're part of that voice about like the development that's that's coming, and that it's not just like. Um, people being put on alert that something's happening and then they come out, you know, against it, that they feel like they're part of the planning from the beginning um, to make sure that we're bringing investment and development that's right for the neighborhoods. And, and you know, and something else that you reminded me when you said that is that, like, growing up here, I remember um, moving about most of the city my whole life, but uh, when I went to the U of A, folks having this, like, sense that we don't go, like, South 22nd, and that that's another barrier um, that we need to move. Yeah, I am amazed that I still hear that. I mean, that was something that when I moved to Tucson in 1990, people were like, oh, don't go south of 22nd, which is a ridiculous thing to say. And it, it's, it really is pathetic that that's something that people still think and say and tell newcomers. Yeah. Right. Um, so uh, with, we hear, sorry, uh, we hear a lot about and campaigns are often about what's wrong with Tucson or, you know, whatever the person's running for, what needs to be done. I'm curious, what is something that you think really works in Tucson? Um, and how do we share that and how do you 
what is something that that really is we should be proud of as a city other than the weather which you know we have humans have an effect on but <laughs> not in in the very immediate this afternoon sort of way Lane would you like to, to start um, well I am thinking about our like our small businesses you know and that we have such um, like delicious food, <laughs> you know, that's at least, you know, thinking about in Ward 1 or on the south side, um, you know, we've gotten this designation of being, um, having the, what, 23 best miles of, um, I forget the title. Um, the of, city of the gastronomy. Yes. And then yeah. there's a specific, the 23 next to the yeah. best miles of the Mexican food mm -hmm. specifically, um, that, yeah, where you have, like, generations uh, families who like started their panaderia, right, and they passed it on to their kids, and their kids are now, you know, just those generational type of businesses. That's pretty amazing to see, um, and I want to make sure that we're continuing, you know, to to support them and make sure that they're thriving. And I know sometimes, like the economy, the economy changes or the way that we do business shifts, and that they're able to keep up with that because I think it's part of what keeps like our our, our culture and sense of of Tucson. Um, alive here. Sam. Sure, I'm I'm definitely all about being alive, you know, and, and keeping it uh keeping it real and keeping it focused on families and, and really is what I see as a strength in our community. Uh, for many years I feel like I could go to any one of my friends in the in the local area and I could go and hang out and be a part of their family and as they are a part of mine and and uh I've experienced a lot of a lot of growth in that way, being able to just say, hey, this, these are my people. I always get in trouble as my, my work. I'm not supposed to say you're my peeps, but <laughs> but uh, peeps is kind of a word that I use often. And, and uh, especially um, when I grew up in uh, South Tucson, southwest of the freeway there, um, <clears throat> different different parts of the, the neighborhood, it was like I could just walk right into people's homes. And, and it was a little different back maybe 20 years ago. But uh, now it's, I think family is really a really strong part of, of Tucson and very strong part of what I am as a person and my values as well. Edward, really you have a question? Sure. Yeah. So Tucson has a unique ward election system with the entire city voting in the general election for each ward's representative. How will you ensure voters at both the ward and city level that you have their best interests at heart? We can start with uh, Sam on this one. Sure, I definitely have a, just a simple answer. I mean, uh, just continuing to be honest and, and transparent with the city and the city voters. And for me, that's all about uh, having integrity and doing what I say and saying what I do. And I've, I've been able to prove that so far in my life for the most part, uh, except last night I told my wife I'd take out the trash, but still outside the house um but ultimately i i think both lane and i i don't necessarily mean to speak for you lane but just to say that you know we're getting into this city council thing fresh you know i've never done this before um and so establishing that right from the beginning um, being able to say yes and it means yes and uh, building that rapport with the tucson community well, a couple of things come to mind, Edward, and one of them being that, like, I see my position um, in in that in that council position is more like a facilitator, um, making sure that we 
are being open and accessible uh, to the public, especially the constituents of Ward 1, uh, making sure that they feel like they have access to their, repre their repre representative, um, whether that's having um, like uh, open house hours, you know, at the office, after hours where people feel like I can access them or that, um, hey, my council member is calling me back and, and addressing this issue with me, um, that I think it's really uh, important to do that. And, you know, always thinking about um, being at the university too, like, do we have think tanks? What are other ways to meet people where they're at to make sure that we're really representing, you know, the, the values of, of the people of the community here in Tucson? Um, and then the other one is just making sure that once at the council that you have a rapport with the other council members because you can't push things through if you don't have the votes necessary to do that. So making sure that you know we're building relationships and that we are coming to a place, and I know a lot of it's like negotiating, but making sure that like we can find a way to have consensus at the table so that we're in a better you know, representation of the city. Sure. And that sort of leads to uh, another question, Lane, specifically since you have experience working in Regina Romero's uh, council office. And so I'm wondering, as I'm sure some other folks uh, knowing that, are wondering, what are, are there issues that you disagree with, with her as she's running for mayor? Um, and will you be and how will you make sure that you're an independent voice given your relationship having worked in her office so this is always a interesting question because as you can imagine i i get it a lot and um one thing i have said is that it's um council member romero was my direct supervisor for a number of years and has seen me grow um, and that it would be important, that it's always important for me to have the support of the people that I've worked with because that shows the way that I work and um, how I value relationships with the people that I work. Um, but like anything in life, um, for me, it's not about like, it's about commitment to people and that in that commitment to people, it means that there's going to be disagreements. And so it's not, um, it's not a, think of the best word to use here, but it's not, um, I'm like forgetting my, my train of thought, but sometimes I'm thinking about how there is this expectation or um, like, I don't know, I don't know, I'm having, I'm having a hard time because we have relationships with people in our lives, like you have relationships with your significant others, and you never um, make the assumption that you're just always going to agree, you know, on everything. And so that um, maybe behind closed doors, you know, that's where those discussions happen. And then in the front, we figure out how to navigate uh, those relationships. But um, I know that we're both like independent, you know, strong women. And... In our, in our relationship these past 12, 15 years, um, there has, you know, those differences have come up. And even through those differences, you know, we work on the things that, that we agree on. And that's how I would see my, uh, my role at the council is working on the things that, that we agree on. 
And uh, Sam, this is uh, kind of a similar type of question in that you didn't get on the primary ballot because you didn't have enough signatures to get on, but you made it as a write-in candidate, and here you are in the general election. Um, what does the, the primary experience say about your organizational skills and uh, the preparation for office? First of all, definitely that uh, was a huge challenge for me. And, uh, I know it was such a huge accomplishment to get into the general election and onto the ballot. And I'm super excited. I mean, if that's the if that's the thing that happens in my life, then I can say I made a huge accomplishment and to do that. Um, I think for me to try to answer that question somewhat simply and but just just to say that it was it was difficult it was difficult to um, organize the entire thing because I felt like I was trying to do this on my own and that was the sense I, I got from, from part of the, the support in the community because originally it was told to me that it would it would not be supported in certain ways um, by some people that I know. And I was like, well, what's going on? I'm, this is like my dream. Why, why can't I do this? And, but I just kept moving forward uh, and, and to turn it to a sense of perseverance is really where this, this came out because I didn't give up. I turned in 703 signatures. I needed a minimum of 1200 or so. I was short 454. Uh, I had a collaboration with another couple of people that didn't turn out very well. Um, they weren't able to get the amount of signatures that I was requesting. And so um, I am really, truly satisfied with how things happened. I'm glad it wasn't, uh, or what, what I will say is I'm glad I was able to um, decide to run for a city council position. And, and some people say, well, that was less than what you had before, or he's backing out or whatever. And I've had adversity my entire life as a, as, as a person that was just challenged with all kinds of things in my past. And um, my past has been pretty colorful. And so... Uh, I've risen to the occasion, and I'm really thankful that I'm here today. Um. So if you were to win this election, what is or what are, uh, what is an issue you hope to advocate for that you feel that right now isn't being addressed by the current council? We'll go to Sam first on this one. One issue, I, I like that. Um, very specific. Just, <laughs> one. <laughs> Just one. Um, you know, the big biggest thing that pops out in my head was about a year ago, me and my wife, our house got broken into and uh, completely devastating. And, and uh, it rocked our world. Um, and we called the police department. They did the report, everything. We left town because we were actually going to a funeral for her grandpa and it was safe for that point we came back and the house got broken into again back to back times and so just really weird uh, the whole situation um and the one thing i guess i would say from all that is is, is definitely there's there's there is a lower number of police and fire in the city for sure that's a fact i mean it's, two years ago it was 400 plus uh 400 in addition to what we have now so it was about 1200 is what i've researched and looked at um and with fire there's a lot of cuts with the pensions and these guys working 24 hours a day and, and having to run over shifts and stuff and 
I've sat down with certain uh, decent entities in that regard. And, and I, you know, I, I just think there's got to be a better way, whether it's something that's lacking now, I, I don't know exactly. I think, I think it could, the mayor told me, told me himself, he says, there's always room for change. There's always room to improve. And I was in, interested to hear that coming from the mayor, mayor's mouth and uh, Mr. Rothschild. And, uh, and I, I had, Lunch with him a couple different times just to pick his brain because I wanted to see what it was like to become mayor of the city of Tucson and, and uh, part of the city government. And that's really where I will say that would be a, a good way to start for me. Um, there's so many different things, right? But picking one, I think, is safety of this community. Affordable housing. Yeah, we have an affordable housing shortage here in Pima County. And you know, the numbers of people getting evicted from, from housing um, continues to rise and rents keep going up um, in the city and the surrounding areas. And um, I don't feel like we've had a concrete plan for, um, for, our, for our housing. Like, how do we make sure that we have housing for our working families, making sure that we have housing for low-income families, and making sure that we have housing for um, folks who are homeless? You know, and how do we get them, um, how do we put a roof over their head while they're figuring out, you know, some of the other issues that they have going on? Um, so that's, I think, one of the, the big ones that I would like to focus on coming in. Do you have, do you have ideas or examples from elsewhere on, uh, both of you, on how you would address the, the different priorities, the public safety and the, and the housing? Um, with with the housing, like I would love to see our our um, housing and community development department be like a one stop you know shop for um, people who are having issues around whether it's their housing, their utility bills, or um, needing like emergency assistance that they'd be able um, to kind of triage them to like what are the services available here in the city, whether it's the city or other nonprofit organizations, um, because. If somebody qualifies for Section 8 housing, they're not necessarily getting set up with all the low-income utility um, rates that, that they would qualify for. And so making sure that, we, um, that we're doing that, making sure that we um, you know, have housing-first policies that don't put uh, obstacles for people who, who need shelter. So whether it's because they have a pet or because they have a significant other or because it's a dad with their kids, that they're able to find adequate housing. Um, and one of the other things is like we have, um, the city owns a lot of properties you know, around the city and how um, do we work with some of these um, nonprofit or um, affordable housing developers to, to develop um, affordable housing on city-owned property? Um, are just some of the things that, that I'm thinking of that I know that places like Austin and Seattle um, have implemented. Okay. Sam. I think for me, with with uh, increasing public safety, is there's there's not just a fix. There's not just one thing that's going to change. You don't just I don't just go into a, a situation and just you know establish the solution right off the top. And I I have I have a couple ideas. I mean, the biggest thing is really getting more of a collaborative approach to it, as opposed to it's a, a city government issue. I really feel like there's ways to raise money. There's ways to, to bring initiatives back into public safety. There's, I really truly believe there's ways to be creative in, in the budget as well. 
um, but also really establishing the fact that this is an important thing and, and these the folks in this community uh, is valuable to us as a, as a, as a city councilman that's, that's that's where I stand and um, and, I, and I do feel like public housing and, and affordable housing uh, affordable housing for anybody not just not just one or two people right is huge uh, like you were saying Lane um, there's a specific tool called the Viespadat and that identifies the uh, try to spell that as Viespadat right um, <laughs> but it's a specific screening tool for people to get involved with certain HUD programs and there's certain fundings for veterans there's certain funding for this population of people with mental illness there's certain funding for this um, this population of people but it's so broken into different different sections and populations of people there's got to be a better way to iron that out there's got to be a better way to utilize the funds that we have in this community whether it comes from federal state local city uh, jurisdictions to also include the faith-based community as well and really getting people involved there sam the talking point has been this discussion about having 400 less police officers on the street than we did a couple of years ago forgive my back of the napkin math on it but that's a $20 million a year dollar problem. What do you want to cut from the budget, or do you want to raise taxes to get back to that vested number? Good question, Joe. I really feel like there's no easy one-step solution, but something's got to change to a degree. I think that if we all look at it together, I think, because I don't really have, I'm just going to honestly say I don't really have like the, the magic answer. But that is a lot of money, and at the same time, that is a lot of, of, of opportunity for us to build our police force and, and increase our fire uh, department staff. And um, you know, I think collaborative, collaboratively, we would sit down and discuss how this is going to change. What things from the budget would, would would need to go? We can't create money, you know. We can't grow it on trees, uh, but what we can do is really look at what we're spending right now and, and establish an approach moving forward. And, and that's really, I'm sorry to be a tad vague, but, but that's, that's, that's how I would tackle any solution or any problem in my life now. And Lane, I've got a similar question for you. Um, I think that many people do agree with you that the housing program at the city of Tucson is in crisis right now. And we've written about extensively the issues, just the Section 8 program. And there's discussions of putting millions of dollars of general fund money into that program to prop it up and to help the people that you're talking about. Is that something you would support? And if so, where's that money coming from? Uh, I would want to make sure um, to uh, be more up to date with the budget because I know that, you know, each year, little by little, the city has been um, uh, recovering still from back to the 2008 housing crisis and that uh, the the extra funds have gone to like help um, give city workers raises, right? Or um, like invest back in programs that had you know basically gone away. And um, I would want to have a discussion like, what do things look moving forward into the future? Like, what are our priorities as a city, and what do we get? What we're going to invest in? and then see how that math um, uh, works out. So right now, not knowing those exact numbers, it's hard to say, um, but we, we have to, you know, we're going to have to figure it out and 
again, this is why making sure that we have representation that's working for the city, we need them at all levels, you know, at the federal level, at the state, at the county, um, because these are the programs, you know, that impact everyday Tucsonans. Um, and, and it's all, you know, it's all connected. So we can try to do our part um, to, to serve, um, but we still need to continue, you know, pushing our federal government to pay their fair share. Following up on that, uh, is the issue of taxes do you, what are your thoughts on your willingness to increase taxes or ask voters to, to do that um, to pay for either the priorities you've outlined or other uh, issues? What are you, do you have a particular stand on increasing taxes? I know I don't like to pay more than what I have to sometimes, but I do realize also this is a community that's growing and at this by the seams, you know. And if certain things go up, there has to be some type of compensation. I don't know any other way. I, I mean, sitting down and looking at it uh, fiscally every year and, and on a monthly budget for me and my wife, we have to allocate more funds sometimes, which AKA could, or also known as could be a tax, if you will, on my spending money, you know. Um, <laughs> as my wife might get a little more because she needs something, whatever. Well, you know, reality is uh, I'm not a huge huge fan of always having to tax uh, everything to raise the, the price for something so there could be more money for this community and you know, milk goes up then some people can't afford milk and that and that becomes an issue and um, but I do feel as I said that a type of tax could be important um, I think working together and coming up with a solution together as as I've said, that's that's kind of like my deal, you know. Sam and his his ideas are always kind of talking about a solution that we can come up together, and so yeah. That's... Lane, um, I don't support regressive taxes, and I don't support um, taxing people who are already financially um, at capacity. So, um, any conversations about increasing taxes, you know, I want it. I want it. To to be that um, the people that can most afford it um, carry that weight because I feel that folks, especially middle middle and low income folks, carry a huge part of that burden, um, and that it needs to be more equitable uh, because we all use you know we all use the roads we all use our parks we all um, um, use our schools and at the end of the day, um, I mean I think that's. And a part of a, a like a values conversation of like are we an individualistic community in society or do we you know are we a community that wants to like uplift um, everyone along and so I know my value is that like um, my like even my children will have um, a better experience growing up in Tucson if other young children around them if the if the environment around them um, is is also doing well, and um, yeah, I guess that's that's where I'm at. Just a quick follow-up for both of you. Did you support, did either of you support the Caterpillar deal that brought Caterpillar to town and the concessions that the city and the county made to bring that company here? Um, Can I go first? Sam, go ahead. Yes, I am in support of it uh, in many ways. I, I feel like 
it's a Ward 1 community um, organization, but at the same time, uh, it does bring it does bring that that increase to the, the local community. And, and uh, I, sorry, I didn't do my research enough on that particular issue, but I, I do know that uh, it's a pretty big business uh, and a pretty big boost to the economy. Um, I, I, I didn't hear or read anything that was negative about it. Um, and so I, I will say that it, it could be a really good thing moving forward for, for Tucson, uh, for other big businesses coming to town. Well, you know what, Joe, I'm torn, you know, on it because um, being part of the, the community of folks who um, voted for the Rio Nuevo district, what they thought was going to happen with that has, hasn't ever really materialized, especially on the west side um, of, of the freeway, um, specifically with a lot of the cultural and historical aspects of it that... Um, I know a lot of, a lot of long-time, you know, West Side Tucsonans um, were, um, like, upset or, or feel jaded by that process, um, that there is no way to give input as a community of, like, what is right development for that area. Um, so I feel, I feel torn about it, and that's why I think it's important that um, how do we figure out a way, especially with the with the Rio Nuevo board and the city and the county, that we're having conversations with our community so that they feel like they're a part of that visioning of what um, Tucson, especially um, the downtown area, what it's going to look like, so that it feels like it's for everybody and not um, just, um, yeah, you're bringing in high-wage jobs, but it's not necessarily for the people here in the community. I feel torn. Do you have a question, Joe? I do, but are you going to ask about no. Sanctuary City? I, I'm, yeah, that was my next okay. question. I'll, I'll go after that. So, obviously, with the uh, Prop 205 being on the uh, on the ballot, there's a, a big tear right now in the in the city. Do you support Prop 205 as it's written right now? And if if even if you don't, uh, if it does pass, and you're a part of the city council. What will you do to help support Prop 205 from there? We'll go with Lane first. Well, I support uh, the initiative going to the voters. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, folks in the community felt like this was a need that they needed to tackle, mm -hmm. and um, they got more than enough signatures to get it on the ballot. And now um, I know that there's been some controversy of whether, like, I support it or I endorse it or not, and I say, I, you know, I, I support um I support their work and I support um, the multiple strategies necessary to try to protect, you know, vulnerable uh, families mm -hmm. in our community. Um, but I'm also running a campaign with multiple issues and my police accountability is just one, one part of it. Um, so just wanting to, like, be clear on, like, I support it, but I haven't come out, you know, endorsing it. And when, when and if elected, um, I'm going to... I'm gonna if it passes, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna support the will of the voters, and you know I know that there's these threats from the state about getting sued, um, and them trying to withhold state shared revenue funds, and that we're you know we're gonna have to we're gonna have to take that. Gotcha. And so just to be clear, then, will you be voting yes or no for Prop Two Hundred Five? 
as as a voter of somebody with the privilege of being able to vote, I will be supporting it. Okay. Sam, go ahead. Yes, sir. Um, it's such an interesting and very uh, valuable thing that we have in this country is to be able to vote on things that we, we uh, can see are important or, or not important or whatever the case may be. But as a city councilman, I, I really am um, really uh, charged with the, with the task of, of voting with the people in the best conglomerate uh, consensus, uh, yes or no, for the people of Ward 1. Um, and for me, I would vote no against Prop 205. Um, I just, I, I feel like it's such a, a very delicate situation with human lives, you know, um, and I value that. I truly value that. Um, it's, it's a difficult, it's a difficult topic. It's a difficult initiative. There's, um, when I say difficult, I mean, for me to kind of understand everything that's around it. I mean, I could sit here and go into all the details and why I'm saying no on Prop 205, but for me, it's still about um, valuing people as people and lives do matter. And, and uh, so, but that's my stance. I, I, it's strictly a lot of it is because of the funding and the, the things that we we might we might lose. I don't I don't know exactly, but I do know I've heard a lot of things about it and what I've read and some of the collaborations we'll have with law enforcement, different collaborations with uh, FBI entities across the state. If, you know, that's, that's going to be, it's going to be halted. It's going to be just, it's not going to be the same. And so if I can say anything, I would say that is, is really that I, I do care about what my word says. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see moving forward how I would, how that would pan out. So part of our mission as a news organization is to help people decide how to cast their very precious votes. Uh, and neither of you have a public record that helps people understand who you are. So I was hoping you could talk a bit about uh, what matters most to you, uh, what you want people to know about you, and just give, give voters a sense of, of who you are, not as a politician, but as a person. Uh, Sam, I think your turn to go. Sure. Yes. Um, I think what what I am is uh, I'm six foot six. I'm redheaded with a beard and I'm very pale. Uh, well, actually, I'm more sunburned now, but uh, I turn pink when I get sunburned. Um, part of me is is really, really just a person that loves loves to do to have fun. I like to go and uh, on trips. I like to spend time. Uh, in the desert when it's cooler, I like to see the sunset at Gates Pass. Um, I like to go to Pat's Chili Dogs. I enjoy a uh, Safe's Kitchen every now and again, you know, and uh, <laughs> maybe sort of political, but but really for me, I, I just, I enjoy this, this being alive and spending time with my wife. Uh, I like to go to church. Uh, I do enjoy movies. Um, I enjoy getting out there and just walking and being part of, of life. And I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm a huge Cleveland Indians fan. I'm a Browns fan uh, by trade. And uh, I'm a, definitely a huge Wildcats fan here in Tucson. I, I love basketball. I love going to football. In fact, I would go around the tailgate parties with my sign. It says, my name is Sam Nagy. I want to be your next councilman. And I'd walk around the tailgate party for the third time. And last night, uh, I ended up 
having my truck towed because I was in the wrong spot. <laughs> so I, I was dealing with that all day long today. But um, but uh, really, truly uh, blessed to be part of this. I love uh, love being here in Tucson. I wouldn't go anywhere else because I just I've established so many healthy relationships in my life today. And my past is um, is not who I am today. And there's there's stuff that comes out in the newspapers and different places that I'm just not that same person anymore. And it's been 12 years, and I'm uh, I'm now on a path of of discovery, if you will. And uh, I will say that it's it's an honor to run with you, Lane. Um, you know, and 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 may the May the course that this path brings that it's educational for me as well and for us and that we that I continue to grow as a person. Very nice. Link. <laughs> Where do you start? Where do you Hi. Um, well, um, let's start with uh, my uh, my role as uh, community uh, community member, community organizer, that um, from the moment that I left Tucson for two years to go to Alabama, um, just feeling pulled back, you know, to home and that I knew my calling was to, to be here in Tucson and to be of service. You know, I grew up in a, in a Latino Christian church and um, a lot of those teachings about being in service, about um, truthfulness, about... Um, caring for my neighbor are, you know, part of those core values that, that I hold. And as, you know, that person that's really connected to this place and has stories about, um, about the restaurants that have come and gone, <laughs> you know, so many childhood memories that, um, that sometimes we, we take for granted. And I want to make sure that we... Um, are creating the conditions here in Tucson where people, um, where people feel like they have a voice and like they, if they come together, that there is power in that and, and especially in making changes. Um, I'm also um, a mother of four children, ages 12 to 1, so I have the humbling um, job of, of knowing what it's like to be a, a working parent, um, trying to make sure that you um, are getting to that baseball game, um, but also getting to that neighborhood meeting, um, and then uh, writing something for your academic uh, position. So um, I'm always, you know, using these, diff these different parts of, of my brain um, to get by, but it's also what keeps me keeps me growing and keeps me on my toes and um, you know being at, at the U of A and always knowing about um, like the research and the policy that's coming out of there uh, feeling like sometimes there is a disconnect between the policy that's actually being enacted um, and in office and wanting to make sure that we're connecting those three things with it when it's, it's um, the, the research the policy, um, and the experiences of, of everyday folks. And all of that needs to be connected if we're going to um, do justice, you know, for our community. So those are just, you know, some of the things um, that, that, I bring, that I bring with me to, to, the, to the table. And, you know, just like Sam mentioned, like, you know, I love, you know, just our love for Tucson and 
wanting to make sure that you don't lose that, like, that whatever makes people in Phoenix talk bad <laughs> about us being a small town, um, that it's actually a point of, I don't know, something that I'm proud of. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, both of you. Is there any other questions, Jill or Joe? So from our conversation today, the, the political differences between the two of you are not super evident. So I was hoping you could address, Lane, what makes you a Democrat? Sam, what makes you a Republican? And Lane, it's your turn. So I would say that I am a, a Democrat and um, it is like the place where I have found best aligns, you know, with, with my values of, I, I mentioned earlier, of, um, of like community and that it's not, I don't believe in individualism and I do like I, um, like I did, you know, of my what's the what's the term the pull up your bootstraps you pull up your bootstraps you know I do I did everything myself and I worked hard um, because everything in life has taught me that a lot of people around me have worked really hard to to support me to make sure that I get to where I'm at today and that that is how um, that's how I see life that it, it's a uh, that it really like it it takes it takes a village. To, to raise us, um, it also takes a village to fail us. Um, so I feel like that's probably one of the, the, the strongest points to why um, being part of the Democratic Party um, encompasses that. Sam? Yes, and uh, I, w I will definitely say that I've not always been a, a strong politician. I've, I've had a lot of different thoughts and beliefs and values and things that, uh, you know, seem to line up with the Republican Party. But um, in 2000, and, but I have been voting as more or less as Republican since 2002. But I've also voted for people that are, that line up with my values and line up with the things that I want to see done in this community, whether it was an R or a D or I or a G or whatever else. Uh, is there any other letters? In this? <laughs> <laughs> Covered it. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think what makes what ma the question was, you know, what makes me a Republican? I think, you know, having re what makes me having Republican values is, is you know, I I I see that it's for me in my life, it's about God, country, and family, and um, you know, and, and again, this is not saying that that, that I'm. A huge fan of what goes on with every single Republican in this world, um, but what I do say is I'm, you know, I'm 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 a fan. I'm just personally a fan of a little less government, a lot of people being able to kind of do their thing and um, wanting, you know, to live the American dream and and prosper in many ways without just so many regulations on things. I do feel that it's important to have a government in the city, in the city, also in this state and in this country, in this world, because things wouldn't really, you know. Like the roads wouldn't get paved and all the municipal stuff that goes on. Um, I think the last thing for me is just that, uh, you know, I, I 
when I was a little younger, my, my parents, my dad was a Democrat, my mom was a Republican, and I found more of a nurturing value with my mom, and maybe that just because she was a woman, but for me, my dad seemed like he had so many, he was so angry all the time, and I don't know why, they, I don't know what it was, I, I couldn't pin it on anything, but I'm just sharing from as a child's perspective, that's that's what I saw, and and I just kind of aligned with the Republican Party, and uh, I don't know if, again, I, there's no way to, like, even if I was president of the United States, everybody probably wouldn't agree with what I say. Or even if I was uh, mayor of the city of Tucson, there's no way to say that Sam represents the entire Republican Party. And that's what I think is the challenge for me today is understanding that, like, I wouldn't do certain things um, in my life that I've, I'm just trying to speak so generally, but but really that's my heart. I'm a person in this community that lives and breathes and has feelings as well. And so I try to be, uh, try not to judge people, try not to, to, to pass uh, my judgment on anybody else. And so that's where I've gone. I think that's where I've done well in my life. Thank you so much, both uh, Ward 1 candidates, Lane Santa Cruz and Sam Nagy. We will be having a whole series of these conversations with uh, all the ward candidates, um, Proposition 205, both pro and con, and mayoral candidates. So on behalf of Sarah Garrett-Gasson, Jill Jordan-Spitz, Joe Ferguson, and myself, Edward Salaya, thank you for tuning in to the Point Being Podcast.